Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? Or in the case of today, we're interviewing who? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and my guest today is Jono McLeod. He is a documentarian and he has a new film out called My Old School, which is about basically one of the greatest Scottish hoaxes of all time, or at least modern day. If you haven't seen the film yet, I actually recommend that you come back later. We do sort of allude to one of the spoilers in it. Uh, and also, if you haven't seen it yet, don't Google it before you go see it. Just the less you know, the more enjoyable I think it will be. I will tell you now that it stars Alan Cumming, but that's that's about it. it. It was such an enjoyable journey to go on without knowing a ton going in and the reveals and just the way it's done. I, I really enjoyed it. So without further ado, here's we're interviewing who? I would just like to start with, if you were to pull a con or a ruse, what do you think you would get away with? Oh my God, that is a question I've never been asked. <laughs> what would I get away with? Um, <laughs> what could I get away with now at the age of nearly 45? Um, I certainly couldn't find my way back to high school. I really, I think that would be a big struggle. You know, I watched uh, Pen15. Is that right? Is that how you say the name of that TV show? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's another I way watched... to say it, but we'll go with the family. <laughs> yeah, we won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> the Pen15. I look at that and I think, gee, I just imagine myself sat in that. Well, you don't, I don't have to imagine myself. I can watch my film and see what I look like <laughs> sitting in a high school class. It ain't pretty. Um, it certainly wasn't pretty by the time I got around to filming myself sat in that high school class. But uh, gosh, what could I get away with? I mean, I don't think I'd be very good at it, I'm afraid. Like, I'm too, like, I, I would just, I would just spill. I'm too sensitive. You I think you have to be quite a, uh, you have to have a, a more bold personality than me. I'd be, I'd be stuttering my way through every lie and I'd be very quickly found out. I, I do not have that um, inherent ability to tell lie after lie. And I also fall for anyone who does it. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe that's why I had to make this film and work that out because I was aware that's who I am. I mean, that is it's a good segue into looking back. What is the thing that stands out the most to you where you just like wish you'd smacked yourself in the forehead and gone, of course, this guy was in his 30s. I mean, the, the big giveaway was that he looked like a man in his 30s, everyone. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's the, that's the thing. I mean, his nickname was... There's some people who, like, mature, you know, faster yeah, than guess, the rest yeah. of us. No, yeah, yeah. There, was, there was other kids at school who looked older. Like, my friend David was the guy who would buy the beers for the other kids because he looked older. He had stubble. But when Brandon rocked up, David's star was suddenly outshone. Um, so it was quite challenging for him that he wasn't the old man of the, of the high school class anymore. But when you're a teenager, you're so self-obsessed. Like, I was so desperately trying to hide my secret from everyone that I was a 16-year-old gay kid that I failed to recognize Scotland's greatest hoax was being perpetrated three desks along from me and so that's my excuse that I'm sticking with. I think that's fair. So what do you think the biggest misconception people had about you in school was? That oh my gosh I just don't think even people really thought about me at school I was so I wasn't I'm not from the town the town of Bears Den is almost a character in the film itself um, it's the kind of Beverly Hills of Glasgow. It's really fancy. Uh, and I am not from that town. I was from the town on the other side of the tracks, a bit rougher. And I came in by bus every day. So I just, I felt like a little ghost floating through school. I absolutely did. And I did because I didn't have a social life. You had to get on the, end, the bus at the end of the day. And then there's nobody at the other end to hang out with. So um, making this film has been so, such a weird like, therapy of reconnecting with my younger self. And actually realizing that, you know, reaching out to people to ask them to be in this film 
was really challenging for me because I was suddenly thrown back to my 16 year old self of connect, contacting the cool kids and seeing if they wanted to hang out. And some of them said, I don't know who the hell you are. Go and shove it. And that was like really kind of like, it's really jarring and suddenly you're 16 again. But the people who did interact with me have just brought such joy to, to my life in terms of the connections that we've all made and going through this process of, of filming the film and then doing the kind of crazy stuff of having the premiere in Glasgow that also doubled the school reunion. Uh, it's just been so, so strange. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. What was the most surprising uh, moment of reconnection with you and your classmates? Like, was there somebody who you didn't get along with at all and you're now your best buddies? Or, you know, is it just sort of just that communal commonality that you have as, because of this bizarro event? I mean, I'm not going to name names, but there's an interviewee in the film who kind of punched my lights out at school, you know, like, uh, and I got to ask him the question, you know, why did you punch me on the math stairs? And you realize that this massive thing that happened to you he doesn't even remember, you know, and I think that's, that's, that's what I came to realize was that we're so focused, as I said, we're so self-obsessed as teenagers and we carry so much with us from that time and we expect everyone else to, to, to share those memories. And so the whole process of putting this film together and getting everyone to talk about memories has made me realize that nobody's memory can be trusted. Brandon can't be trusted for sure, but uh, nobody's memory really can either. This, is, this film is not the truth. This is as close as we, as we 30 classmates and teachers could get to a version of some kind of truthful event. What is the biggest change between like, I, I'm sure at some point you decided, okay, I want to tell this story. Like, I don't know if you boarded it or outlined it, but what's the biggest change from the first sort of vision of it you had in your head to the version we see on screen? The big change is the animation because I set off on this project thinking that, hey, this is my first film and it's gonna, we're going to shoot period reconstruction drama of a high school movie and then someone explained what that meant budget-wise to me but also I watched a lot of documentaries with reconstructed drama in them and I realized it's bloody difficult I don't think I'm <laughs> don't think I am talented enough to pull that off on my first feature so basically how it played out was that we had this storyboarded cut of the film I mean Alan's performance was done we had it we had it cut with storyboards We'd been trying different animated techniques where we filmed actors and rotoscoped over the top of them. And it looked really visually arresting, but it was really sinister to look at. And I didn't want that feel for the film. And it was just, a, it was a kind of, the brainwave came via um, Marvel's WandaVision. Uh, I watched that and was really struck by how, may, how perfectly they recreated each era of American sitcom history in each episode. And so that got me thinking, wow, is there a way, if that was the animation for our film, what would that be? And then I was like, I mean, holy moly, the door of that classroom opened and in walked a massive haired, bespectacled man with a North American monotone voice in the 1990s. It's Daria, it's MTV's Daria. There's no more iconic representation of 1990s high school life. Than, than that girl. So um, when I realized I wanted to nod to that, and then in, when we dial back in time as well in the film, and I might be looking at the Archie show and Scooby-Doo and stuff like that for, for those scenes. Um, yeah, once we unlocked that, then that was the big kind of aha moment. Because the Allen performance was all, I knew from the beginning, that's what I wanted to do. Since we're, you know, a lot of this is about looking back and looking forward now and is sort of evaluating things. How do you define personal success now? And how has that definition changed from when you were younger? gosh personal success now is like this the success of this film is super duper weird for me 
because it is tied to someone's failure. It is built on Brandon's failure to get what he wanted. But on the flip side of that, what I kind of want this film to reveal to Brandon is that his great success in life is that he's the most amazing perpetrator of a hoax that Scotland has ever produced. And that's much, to me, that's much more amazing and much more impressive than, than the actual goal that he had, although he likely never see it that way. I think it's really interesting that you refer to him as Brandon and not Brian. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of, it's partly spoiler, but partly because- Who he is to um, you, right? Because who he was to you. Yeah, yeah that makes total I, sense. I, for the yeah. most part, I knew him as that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My last question is, is there anything in your life, like, you know, the goal of being a doctor or something like that, you think you would go to the same length that Brian slash Brandon went to in order to achieve? I guess, like, not to those lengths, man. I'll go pretty far to sort of keep my, you know, life kind of contained and uh, and sort of separate from everyone. But I, I don't think I could go to the lengths that he did. I certainly couldn't create a new persona, I don't think. I'm not a great... Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm, it's like I was saying, I'm, I'm not a- Your creativity not, I, manifests I, I'm, in I'm, other ways, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I need time <laughs> to sit down and figure out a plan. I'm not on the hoof. Doof, let's, I'm going to tell. Like the, the people who can lie like that, it's so kind of fascinating and impressive. And I absolutely fall for it every time because it comes to them like that. I need to sit down. I was saying it was like, it, it kind of reminded me, the editing process, we were very- we always referred to Alan's Romy and Michelle movie because thank God for the invention of post-it notes because there was a lot of them used on the edit room wall because I need time to come up with a story. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not, it's, it's taken me five years to make this film basically. So there you go. That's, that's how, that's how good a story circle. Yeah, <laughs> Romy and Michelle brings it all together at the end of the day. Well, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on the film. Thank you so much. A huge thank you to Jono for his time. Watch My Old School however and wherever you can. And if you like this episode, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.